When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are loaded up recruiting on our mind as signing day looms. Greg Smith with Hale Varsity in about 20 minutes. We'll spend some time on the NFL and uh, Big Red football. Of course, Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt will join us. Derek Peterson. We'll uh, spend some time also in Hour 2 along with Blackshirt Husker and NFLer Jay Moore. Numbers to get in today at 466-3776-4663776-800-825-5865. Can email us, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com and can always uh, find us on Twitter. Give us a follow and feel free to tweet at us at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, do so there. Can always follow along and find some of the, our best content at ESPN Lincoln on the Twitter uh, stream, as well as uh, the on demand section, ESPNLincoln.com. Busy weekend, really awesome weekend, uh, just uh, in the world of sports. Now, we'll focus here on the, the quarterback pursuit. With uh, every day, every hour, there's a new name, either former four- or five-star quarterback that is bolting his current situation or a multi-year starter that is off uh, and away. Uh, Bo Nix, the latest from Auburn. Where's Nebraska at in the pursuit of Miles Brennan? Because that is uh, goal number one here before January. Not early signing period. But January, does Nebraska go get an experienced quarterback to to add to the mix, to add to the fray? Really good write-up by Parker Gabriel, too, as uh, he reached out to a couple of known quantities. Nebraska fans still smile about uh, Jovan DeWitt, of course, at North Carolina. And, uh, of course, uh, you have Coach Eckler, who's been on with us a couple of times uh, this season into spring and fall at Tennessee. Both played Pitt, and he got their perspectives, their takes on Mark Whipple. What's so special about the the Whipple offense? And this will make you smile, right, as a Nebraska fan. That, uh, And I always like to, to go back to the Bill Parcells quote, where Big Tuna is sitting behind the desk of a loss, and he was just upset. It was one of those losses that you scratch your head about, especially if you were a Cowboys fan at the time. And it, it got into grocery shopping and making dinner, right? If, if they want you to cook the groceries, at least let me pick the groceries. <laughs> always love that. The way he paused it, and it was so thick. You know, Parcells was so thick with the Jersey accent or that staccato. 
uh, you, you'd hope they'd let you choose the groceries. Well, that's what's cool. Sounds like Mark Whipple is a hell of a chef with where he goes and given some time, he can uh, see what you have and be successful with what's on your roster or, or go help you add to said roster. So we'll dive into the quarterback spot in a moment. I want to get into Nebraska volleyball. And I watch volleyball, and I, I, I'm mesmerized by it just because of, well, the discipline, the timing, the attention to detail, and just knowing where to be as the ball's flying around 1,000 miles per hour. I don't know it like Jacob Padilla or Brandon Vogel. And I always preface every time I'm going to talk volleyball, just being straight with y'all as far as level of comfort, right, uh, with, with just being able to, to talk volleyball. But I, I do know this, and, and I, I love watching teams peak. I love watching teams compete. I love watching teams have each other's back, and I love watching teams, uh, and it's hard to, with a straight face, say underdog, and and if you're ranked 10th in the country, you're you're damn, damn good. But watching what Nebraska did to Texas against Texas made your heart warm Saturday night. And the way they came out, set one and two, they had to hang on a little bit. But for a while, it was a straight-up ass-kicking. I mean, they were up. They were comfortable. Texas, because they're really good, they're number two in the country, would battle back. And, and even in set four, where it got a little dicey, and it was within a couple of points, Elijah, Nebraska responded. They responded with their defense. They responded with poise. And you go anywhere, right? And, and people that I think are casual volleyball fans, but they're Nebraska fans, that's all the buzz was, right? We're, we're done doing our high school ball game. And by the way, Southwest basketball has a hell of a good team. We're done, we're done doing the, the basketball broadcast meet up with friends and my wife and we're having a beer and some nachos and the, the whole bar we were at, I mean, that's all every table was talking about was Nebraska volleyball. There was hope, but some caution about going into Austin because of what type of machine Texas was, what they had back, what happened last time in the NCAA tournament. And... <laughs> The, the, all the volleyball experts locally and nationally like, look, they can do it. It's just going to be really, really tough. Well, what John Cook did this year and what he's been doing, right? It goes without saying five out of uh, the last seven years, Final Fours. He's a legend. He, he's incredible. He's an incredible button pusher. He's an incredible developer. He is an incredible researcher. Because how many times do we talk football and five-star or basketball and five-star and, like, basketball lists are pretty right. Kids that are projected to be one in ton have an elite level of talent, and they usually find their way to professional basketball. Football, larger talent pool, there's more darts at the dartboard, and you don't know if the kid's going to take the coaching or stick it out or is expecting the play. There's very few Trevor Lawrences, is what I'm saying. Very few Tommy Frazier's. In volleyball, John Cook is smart enough to see into the future, have a plan, trust it, execute it, schedule where you're going to take it on the chin a couple of three times. Dear God, Nebraska's lost three straight matches. 
and then kind of get your feet beneath you, knowing, all right, this is elite con. This is who you're going to have to take down in the in the non-con. This is who you'll see in the NCAA tournament. By the way, night in, night out's murder in the Big Ten because it's so loaded. It's so good. So there's not going to be any easy match in the Big Ten. And if you overdo, if you do overlook somebody in the Big Ten, they'll they'll bite you, right? Or there's a certain standard or level you're supposed to play at. So for Coach Cook to get his team to navigate and then go get some sweet revenge, and and the motivation was already there, but to go execute and then withstand the the emotion and the momentum swings. And, and lean on some young pups, the freshmen. I mean, three freshmen were probably the three best players on the floor. I know, but by this point in the year, to get them there yeah. at the end of the season is is awesome. And, and like, I should, we're not surprised John Cook did that. But to see it happen, because you haven't seen it happen here in this state with other teams you cheer for in a long, long time. There's two responses. Uber proud of the Nebraska women and this volleyball program from now till the end of time because of what they are and how they do it. Two, why, why, aside from Will Bolt, let's put him off to the side because he's done it really well, really early. Small sample size. But. Small sample size, but guess what? There's, <laughs> there's history. Why the hell can't basketball and football get their crap together? That's, that, that's, that, even before the Texas match, like you just... You go listen to people at the bar that are just kind of talking out loud. They're really proud of their volleyball team, and it's why the hell can't football get it figured out? Why does basketball suck so bad? That, and that's, that's the fan base right now. And then they come back to volleyball and go, well, that's it. That's, that's what you got, and be proud of that. And that's, that's why folks are still smiling today. And you got hope in recruiting Wednesday with signing day. You've got a reshuffling of your offensive staff. But you've got a lot of Nebraska fans right now are just and they're really proud of the Amy Williams crew and, and the women's basketball team too. They're unbeaten. They're getting hosed, not being ranked, but guess what? They'll use that as fuel. And then you got football and basketball. Football, look, maybe you can get it figured out next year. You hope that's the case. Same with basketball. It's not personal at all. But the fans are kind of at their wits' end with what they're watching. And it's one thing to get beat. It's another thing to just look disinterested, disorganized, not coached. And then you see John Cook with Krause and Battenhorst and Rodriguez have them mentally tough enough through ups and downs as freshmen to come in and be the stud in crunch time against that team in that environment. They're getting booed for God's sake. Doesn't happen in volleyball. You boo their officials. You boo an out of bounds missed call. But no one gets booed in volleyball. And that's what Bevo and company lost or or brought Saturday. So I wanted to spend a couple minutes on volleyball with John Cook's greatness. It's italicized and underlined and highlighted. But again, and for him to get people to accept their roles, people come back. For, for a chance at a title run and then get the freshmen incorporated where you've got some known quantities and starters that have had to sit because you've got some young pups that are pushing them. That's the old, you want to talk about culture. That's the ultimate culture check is where you can have decorated players 
not get playing time because you trust and you're you're building for the future, but this is how things went and this is who I'm going to go with. And meanwhile, there's no pouting. There's no, I'm going to go to the portal. I mean, they just get it. And it goes back to, to how he recruits as well. John Cook always loves to go after, go after teachers' kids. Just that, that set up, that type of home environment. God love him for it. But I'm just, I'm just smiling about it. And again, I know nothing about volleyball other than Nebraska's awesome. And they play great defense and they're always in the right spot. And then their passing was really good. And the, uh, the outside hitters, they, they were hammering it. So I was glued to it. And I was like, man, I hope they don't fumble this. Well, yeah, because Texas, they, they pulled they off the reverse. They, they, they pulled off the reverse Washington. sweep against Washington. And at the end of that, uh, that third set, I almost felt like, oh, man, Texas was clawing back flip? in the second set. It almost felt like momentum flipped, flipped in the third, but then Nebraska came out in the fourth and just yeah. stole that momentum right back. It was back. 22-21, and I think it was Krause or Battenhorst, one of the two, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong here. But one of the freshmen made the play to get, to get it back to a two-point advantage. I think it was it was beating horse out of system. I think okay, it, it was an out of system ball. I think that she but went she rose up and just center of the court slammed it. I mean, it looked like the it almost looked like the scene from uh, Meet the Parents, where you know the old volleyball shot to the schnage over the net in the pool, right? So no, it was it was really cool, and I I mean you're gonna remember this volleyball team for a long time because they're back in the final four, and then the joy like John Cooks. Got his Gary Michaels press shirt and looks proper all the time. And you've got a crew of volleyball women with their water bottles ready to go off on him. And he's, you know, done his media thing. He sneaks back into the locker room and they're waiting there just to get him. They they douse him. You've seen the video on the Husker Volleyball Twitter feed where his hair's all messed up. <laughs> but the smile he had, I mean, that's that's like that's cool. That's joy. Because of of where you started and where you finished, and this the ups and downs for this team. I mean, there there was doubt around this team in the middle of the year. Sure, you lose three in a row. Now, mm-hmm. John Cook's got a plan, and the last time they lost three in a row, they won the national championship. I think that was back in fifteen, where you might take some punches early, but by the end of the year, you're going to learn and be great. There's nothing you haven't seen. So good for him. Good for him. I wanted to just spend a couple of minutes on that. Uh, when it comes to Miles Brennan, you've got uh, that quarterback target from LSU. Uh, a little bit more. His father, I think, spoke with a uh, New Orleans radio station as to you know how did how did Miles break his arm? Why did he miss extended time? And it was kind of screwy. Uh, Brennan had a handful like you're going fishing, right? And like most of us dudes do, and I do this at the grocery store, where you're, you're instead of grabbing the basket like a sensible person would, you have everything in your arms. Well, he got a flip flop caught in, a, in on the dock and then fell and had a compound fracture. It wasn't uh, drunken O Street Schmidt hijinks back in the early two thousands. Just just saying, there's ways to to break your arm, and a freak accident going on a fishing trip with your papa is an okay way to break your arm. It's not, hey, let's see if we can scale this third-story building. 
<laughs> right? Is there a story so, behind this? No. I, I, and I and I listen. I've never broken any bones. Thank mm. thank goodness. Somehow. So Brennan's the target, and you're going to have the Bushman on him. Uh, Bill Bush is excellent at recruiting, and as you shift and turn more towards portal, we'll talk with Greg Smith about this. That's where you go. You're going to look at experienced quarterbacks in the portal and why are they leaving? Is this a good opportunity? Are they good teammates? Can you be good for one another for a year? And then just do it again. Meanwhile, you pray as we look at Nebraska volleyball as our case study that you're going to have really talented young people stick around, develop, and get better. That's the best of both worlds. Doesn't happen as much as it needs to in football or basketball. Greg Smith on the way with recruiting. It's a Monday with Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! All right, he has got the the jersey on, the eye black. I mean, he is in game mode. It's signing day, Wednesday. Greg Smith all over at HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV. So, do you just grab a cigar and pour a little whiskey after, you know, once it hits midnight, uh, the, the 16th, Greg? Or are you still just so Red Bull IV'd up that it's, it's Sunday before you come down? Uh, when I collapse onto the couch on Wednesday in the end of the day, I'll pour a nice bourbon whiskey, um, have probably a couple sips, and then pass out of sleep. That, that's probably how that'll go. Well, we're going to maybe try and bother you Wednesday, so let me know what we need to ship your way to, <laughs> to get good. a yes. <laughs> Sounds so, good. Hey, so let's, uh, let's start a little bit here with uh, Nebraska and recruiting. Greg, as we near... But what what's your feel? What's your kind of intuition say here with uh, how how things sit with the, the high school class? Any any names to listen for or maybe numbers that elevate? I know Nebraska recently uh, lost uh, the running back out of, out of Reno. Uh, and uh, that was Ashton Hayes who decommitted. Now, I know they're in hot pursuit of. Uh, the vaunted Emmett from Minnesota. Let's start with the yep. running backs. Yeah, I, I think that that'll be. I think that'll end up being a swap um, for the Huskers here. Um, and so once we get to signing day, I think Emmett said that he's announcing at I think 
3 p.m. Uh, he'll be doing an announcement and signing ceremony. Um, and I feel good about where that's going for Nebraska. Nebraska got the last visit there, um, and they've done a, they've, they've recruited him really hard. Like he came to Nebraska this past weekend for an official visit. He was here also uh, for the Iowa game. Nebraska saw him both weeks during the contact period. Went in home um, with him. They really like his senior film. He was Mr. Football up in Minnesota. I feel good about the Huskers there. Um, other high school player that I feel pretty good about right now. He's actually announcing tomorrow. Uh, New Jersey defensive back Jaden Gold. He's about 6'2", 190, um, from the same high school as Ramir Johnson. Um, and right now, those are the two big physical corner that I think Oscar fans will like. And right now, I think those are the two high school players that I have on my radar right now. Um, but we're still kind of sifting through everything because Nebraska had so many visitors over this past weekend. What stuck out? And I've been running down visitors all weekend. Who was here and, and who had rave reviews? Yeah, I think, well, you have to first start with a couple of guys that are in the class that were that are in the transfer class. It's going to be so weird talking about this because we kind of have to separate high school recruiting and then transfer and JUCO recruiting, right? And so Nebraska hosted uh, the Furman kicker, uh, Timmy Bleak Road, um, for an official visit this weekend, transfer out of Furman. Uh, he committed over the weekend in pretty short order, uh, as did Kevin Williams Jr., the offensive line transfer out of Northern Colorado, who went to Omaha North. So you've gotten a couple of commitments commitments out of the weekend already. Uh, the one name that I'm really trying to, hard to get um, some more reaction from is Ben Roberts, the really talented defensive lineman out of Utah that's actually committed to Oregon. He had 107 tackles this past year as a senior defensive lineman, um, and I think 13 sacks. I'm always interested in guys that can produce that much on the defensive line, uh, but he's a tough one to, to catch up with, and Nebraska had a number of guys um, on campus that, that could end up uh, with the Huskers eventually. Greg Smith joins us here to hit recruiting signing day, early signing day uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Greg Smith HV on Twitter is uh, where you follow him. I know Nebraska's looking in the portal uh, with uh, Garcia Constata as, as a wide yep. receiver. Uh, a thought on him and where Nebraska stands. Also, you know, where, where are you at here temperature-wise with the quarterback pursuit? Is it Miles Brennan or Bust, or is Nebraska going to be patient? Oh boy! So I'll start with the quarter. Well, I'll start with with, with the wide receiver. I say that's an easier one. <laughs> I think Nebraska did a nice job, from what I'm told, um, of recruiting him. I don't think that he'll be taking too much longer um, on making his decision. As he's already, I think Nebraska was his third official visit since entering the portal. I don't think he has a ton of interest in kind of playing the game and dragging this out. Um, I, I think he'll be, you know, selecting a school rather than sooner rather than later. I think Iowa State um, is Nebraska's biggest competition with him. Um, talented guy that can play in the slot, play outside. Really a similar um, situation and play style as Samari Toure, who Nebraska had a lot of success with last year. Um, so we'll see how that goes. With Nebraska's quarterback pursuit, the only player that I can really get anyone to say that they've offered as a transfer quarterback is Miles Brennan. Um, I think it's going to be really difficult to kind of parse through who gets offered um, as a transfer guy, a quarterback, and who doesn't because it just isn't playing out the same way that it does with high school. 
high school recruiting. Now, as soon as everybody gets an offer, they put it out there. We still don't have full confirmation from Brennan um, himself that he they, he got the offer, but multiple people have now told me at Nebraska that he's picked up an offer. I do think the Huskers really like him and have him number one on the board. I also think Nebraska has given that assignment to Bill Bush um, to try to bring him home as he's had a lot of success recruiting, as you know. Um, I think the Huskers' chances are pretty good there, but every day, as we saw today, more and more quarterbacks are going into the portal and it kind of muddies things up for guys as they wait things out. Yeah, Greg, I was just going to ask you about all the names in the portal. Uh, I guess two-part question here. First off, do you have a read on Bo Nix and, and the USC kid Slovis? And additionally, if Miles Brennan does indeed get in this class, do you see Nebraska sticking with one transfer quarterback, or is, or is there a potential for them to bring in multiple? Man, I think I think that there's a potential. I would not say it's likely that they bring in two transfer quarterbacks, but I guess there's a potential um, because it depends on how different um, Nebraska wants to reshape that room, right? If you want another more drop-back style guy um, and Brennan is closer to that than he was, say, Adrian Martinez's style of play, then maybe you need to add a second one. Um, I haven't heard much either way about Nick or Slovis yet, um, but that doesn't mean Nebraska isn't trying, especially with a guy like Slovis. I could see Nebraska um, trying to kick the tires there, but there's going to be a lot of teams after both of those guys. It's one of the things that I'm really interested in with transfer portal quarterbacks is it's no longer like, hey, a guy goes into the portal as a quarterback just because he couldn't get on the field at his school. He may have played and started a lot of games as we saw here with Adrian Martinez, and he still goes into the portal. You just never know. Um, so there's no shortage of veteran quarterbacks with game experience in the portal at this point either. Here's the names that are out there, right? I mean, you got Nick, you got Brennan, you got Johnson, you have Rattler, you have Slovis, and you have teams that would love a quarterback. I mean, and to me, it's not just about, okay, who's going to fit with the Whipple system, and I think all those guys could, but what what are the quarterbacks themselves that are moving on want? Right. And, you know, Old Miss is, is out there. They, they're going to have an opening. And, yeah, they're uh, getting somebody. Yeah, they're getting. They're getting. They're probably, probably the top choice of these portal quarterbacks. You would have to think. And then I know they have a new offensive coordinator. I mean, there's there's an opening, uh, but it's always kind of been Lane Kiffin's offense. Oklahoma too. I mean, does Williams jump, or does right. he stick uh, with with the, with a the coordinator change, or does he go to USC now that Slovis is gone? So. I guess I'm saying here is if Nebraska has to wait till, dare I say, May, is that is that awful or is that just due diligence on maybe not jumping the gun? Is there and you know I think if Brennan ends up in Lincoln, that's awesome. I think he can play ball and he's got some experience. He's just had injury issues, but man, maybe there's someone out there that's even better or even a better fit. Let's just hypothetically say for for Whipple. Yeah, I, I would personally. I would not like Nebraska in the situation where they're waiting till May. Um, I think in an ideal situation, they're able to get someone in here early January so that they can start class then, and then also go through winter conditioning. I know when I talked to Kevin Williams Jr., um, the Northern Colorado grad transfer on the offensive line, his report date is January eighth. So I assume that's about the time that they're going to start uh, winter conditioning classes. Start I think January fifteenth or somewhere in there. Um, so you're going to want guys in by there if they're waiting until May, that puts Nebraska a little bit behind the eight ball considering they'll have to get that guy up to speed really quickly to then play a really important season. Um, I don't think you want to be in that situation. 
Greg, with how hectic it's been in the past couple weeks, do you see a future where there's a, a, a portal season as opposed to like an early signing period where there's a, a time for coaches to go hit the portal and then the early signing period is later just to give coaches time to go both recruit high school kids and recruit kids that are now going to be coming out of the portal and, and potentially making an instant impact the next season? Yeah, I don't know. I do think that they're going to have to look at something here. I don't know if you could call, like call it a portal season or what you would do there. Um, but the way that college football is right now and all of the movement that we saw with coaches this month, which was in a, a large part brought on, the timing of them at least was brought on by the early signing period. Maybe you do have to kind of mess with those dates a little bit to see when those when the early signing period really needs to be. Um, and because so many guys are entered in the portal because that's why you had those coaching dominoes that really fell in a big way with a lot of national brands around college football because they needed to get into new places. Like imagine um, if Lincoln Riley had taken this job after this week at USC, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been a, even more of a disaster. So now he's going to, of course, salvage that class. It'll probably be top 10, but good for USC. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you probably need to look at that situation just from a timing perspective. Well, an OU went from a top three to top five class to what can they hold on to? Right. <laughs> I think, you know, this is the last year till they either re-up or make a change with the early signing period. It was a three-year deal. So I'm interested to see if they don't move it to January, right? I mean, after everything, after the coaches' convention, after everything, see if they move it back to the, the first part of January ahead of a February. Still have two. But have it a little bit uh, different. And I, can, and I know the coaches are compensated well, Greg, but, man, it's truly been the last three years a, a, a 12-month process where you're always kind of on recruiting aside from the dead periods. Yeah, and now with with the way the portal has gone and continue to explode, like I was thinking about this earlier, like once we get through Wednesday, yes, we're in a, a little bit like a, a dead period until January, I think, 13th, mm-hmm. like that, that weekend for official visits. But they're still going to have to be evaluating who's in the portal. Otherwise, you get left behind because there may have been names or two that you missed. Um, and so, yeah, recruiting is, is definitely a 24-7, 365 kind of a thing now. So some kind of breakup and change. I'd be curious if coaches would even want to move it to the summer um that that early signing period just to have two signing days um and do it that way and have an even bigger split like i think so, uh, multiple things need to be on the table there well i'm interested too here with if if it's just going to be more is better with this portal because guys if they're not playing or there's been some adversity or they got bs or there's a coaching change whatever the instance Man, it, more and more folks are just bailing, and you're never getting a clean shot to see if someone can get developed and, you know, uh, and, and go do their thing. So that's got to be frustrating on both ends, not only for a player and their impatience, but also from a coaching side of things. Greg, we'll get caught up, bud. Keep up the amazing work, and thanks for a few minutes. Hey, thanks as always, man. Have a good week. You too. There he is, Greg Smith, recruiting insider with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. We'll have some thoughts here on uh, Nebraska and the class here ahead. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe 
and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. 20 minutes away, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride will be with us. Get his take on some college and NFL, some Husker football thoughts. Uh, Derek Peterson will join us. And then Blackshirt, Husker, NFL, or Jay Moore. Phone lines open if you want to jump in at 466-377-766-466-377-6800-825-5865. Are you that panicked about Nebraska's recruiting class? Uh, I am not. Just because of the situation Nebraska finds themselves in, it's win or else, right, for the head man. And that is not that's not appealing if you're out trying to sell it. And quite honestly, what I want to see from Nebraska in the recruiting world is leaning on some guys that have a great history of, of bringing in talent and developing talent. So we'll, we'll find out more about uh, Donovan Raiola from Jay Moore because he, he played a couple of years with him. So you've got the recruiting question out there with, with Raiola because he's been in the NFL. Now, he's not that far removed from college. He's a younger guy. I think he'll, he'll you'd hope he'd be okay, and, and you think he'll be okay relating to young kids. So – that's that piece. The, the bigger question with him in, in my book is what can he do to this offensive line in only one year? I mean, you, you know there's probably going to be some talent coming in through the transfer portal. We've already seen some talent coming in through the transfer portal. But that offensive line has to make a big jump between what we saw this year and what we need to see out of the next year for Nebraska to get to that 7-5, and 8-4 and four record that's going to be required. Right. No, exactly. We'll, we'll ask Charlie about that because he's not only a great defensive guy, but he was an old offensive line coach. So what do you do? The answer, I think, is give him as much time as he needs to, to work with the guys and kind of refine the fundamentals and instill. I mean, it's more practice. It's more practice. It's confidence building. It's keeping guys healthy, of course, but there's a way to go about it. So you win now, which means you load up for now. You've got some known pieces that are going to be back. You've got two Iodi trying to work some of the Juco angles to help immediately rebuild some depth because that's what was nice about Nebraska on the defensive line was their rotation. I think you're okay, at least on the starting front for linebacker, all right, between outside and inside, what's behind them, how have those kids bitter behind the Rhymers and the Henriches, how are they developed now going into a third or a fourth year in the program? What else do you have behind uh, your outside backers, Blaze Gunnerson was kind of a defensive player of the year on scout team. You lose JoJo, All-American, shout-out to 13. He was awesome this year, well-deserved. And honestly, with Nebraska football, it's interesting to, to, to see them shift, and that is the here and now. Go get the quarterback and use guys on staff to help evaluate some recruits that are out there or recruit guys that are in the portal. You can mix and match. You can go free agent shopping, so to speak, but you can't be wrong uh, to, to help bolster what are some major question marks or some known quantities for the football team. And listen, Ron Brown, 
Bill Bush, they're 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 both on staff right now. I, I think one of them will be your your next full time assistant named. You have hell, you've got Mickey Joseph that is he's knocking on doors. There's a lot of flipping he can do. There's also the radars up. Mickey and, and Bill Bush, they know everybody. <laughs> I mean, they, they just do. Mark Whipple knows people. You have that option to uh, to to kind of be a hub, knowing what needs to happen. If if you're okay with that as a player, and really what guys want is is probably a change of scenery and a chance to go ball out. Mm-hmm. So that that's it. Give them that opportunity, and let's hope it all works and all clicks. Nebraska basketball for a second. Oh, well, just just hang with me for a second. It, it, it's kind of always the same story, isn't it? Where they'll start out okay for the first five to seven minutes. Auburn's really, really good. But it was just tragic on Saturday where it's such a beat down and blowout that ESPN, it's your, it's your two favorite announcers that did your NC State game, that it, the game was so bad that they needed to go find filler. Now, at least they found filler in the form of Charles Barkley. Oh, and Kevin Durant eating nachos for a full minute. Right, and Chuckster's – I love Chuck Barkley. Charles Barkley is awesome. The point is this. It's another three-point barrage where a team hit 45%, 14 threes on you. You get whacked for a second time in a row by 30, and then you get leveled in the paint by by 22. The the one bright spot is Wiltshire did kind of find his stroke again. Uh, he had 17 points, and he ended up hitting some threes, a lot of them from the top of the key, which was good. I mean, he, he's a guy that you brought in to be a, a catch-and-shoot fella for you. So maybe that maybe that starts happening. Uh, Derek Walker continues to, to be gritty. You know, Virgin McGowan's uh, did what they could, but Nebraska, I mean, it was preached and preached and preached to take care of the basketball they did not, and it turned into, you know, a, a, a dunk contest. It was fast break after fast yeah. break after fast break. And, hey, let's throw in back-to-back alley-oops, too. It was just one off the backboard. Yep. No, Nebraska just was stu- super stupid with the basketball on, 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 on entry passes from the baseline to the sideline. Just awful passes. And they got a week off. They've got finals to jack with. And then you got K-State coming to PBA on Sunday. So I hope Nebraska can kind of focus and figure it out and be competitive again. Big Ten seasons staring down at you. You have Kansas State. There you go. Speaking of Kansas, uh, was in uh, Kansas City yesterday and uh, had an opportunity to go with Jay Bird and his family down to see the <laughs> the uh, Chiefs and, and Raiders. And ran into our old buddy Sparky down the hall with the Blaze. He's a longtime Raider fan. So, yep, quit watching it half. <laughs> Vegas kidnapped a bunch of high school kids and said, you go play Patrick Mahomes. Now, in all honesty, we were it was right in front of us with the, uh, the logo stomp. Total Raider thing to do. But what I got to say is this about Chiefs fans. And I was sitting next to a couple of folks that – used to have four-season tickets and now have two-season tickets because, you know, with the Mahomes era and winning a Super Bowl, it's like costing them like fifteen grand now to have two seats. 
We, we, I splurged for junior. We went lower bowl. Usually it's free KFOR tickets for preseason, and we're next to the sun, you know, in, in the third tier. I, I splurged. We went lower, lower bowl. We were up close to the action. It was cool to see Will Compton back in the NFL and greeted by his teammates. But we had this, this hippie, this, this mid-30-year-old guy that was just loaded, wearing his Chiefs jersey, talking about, we're going to hang 30. And I didn't care. I just wanted to go watch NFL football. But he, he, he had had so much to drink that the rest of the Chiefs fans like tried to move him out of the section. And then he picked on the wrong Raider fans, like founding members of the Black Hole Raider fan. They, they had the teardrop tattoo. Like became Raiders fans in prison? L- yes. <laughs> legit. And he just started just mouthing to them. And they were the wrong guys to talk with. I was hoping to at least be on the periphery of a fight in Arrowhead. Could have been on World Star. I didn't get that opportunity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. I don't know if I can swing this or not, but maybe two NFL games within a month. So... Went to the Chiefs yesterday against uh, the Raiders, and it's not supposed to to be like that. And the Chiefs fans were loving it because they were hammering the Raiders, and they hate, hate the Raiders. And you had a couple of dudes that were so angry walking back into the tunnel after they finished their pregame stomp session that it was like the the look in their eye was frightening (laughs) before they went into the tunnel, some of the Raiders players, and they come out and get worked. And credit to Kansas City because they're – They've rebounded. Their defense is playing great football right now. They're getting after the quarterback. They're tackling. They're forcing turnovers. Mahomes is Mahomes, right? But they're uh, they're better, and this is no accident with 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 Clyde running the ball. There's more of a commitment to the run game with Kansas City, and, and that's why they have really flipped the switch because you've got Buffalo fading. Although that was a hell of a comeback against Tampa, and then Tennessee's without. You know, King Henry, they're still navigating their way. Cincinnati's not what they were in Baltimore. I know uh, Lamar's going to play next week despite that ankle issue. But really, it's Kansas City's kind of flexing right now on the rest of the AFC, and they can take over division lead Thursday night against the Chargers. And Herbie, God, he looked good yesterday. Justin Herbert throwing the football. So that's kind of your game of the week. This week, Kansas City looks to be in better form. I'm thinking of trying to get out to Denver with pharmacist Jeff uh, the first weekend of January. To watch the Chiefs again? Yeah, watch Kansas City, Denver. That would be fun, week 18, because there is a chance yes. that Denver could be playing for their playoff hopes week 18 against the Chiefs, who and they I, haven't beaten five years. And, and as, as obnoxious as some Chiefs fans are, and this isn't all of you, because I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans and you're all – Really good folks. As a Broncos fan, I think you're all obnoxious. I'm, I'm just going to go And to flip from... it around, I know a lot of really good donkey fans. And then you've been out to uh, – I mean, I went out to a, a Sunday night game, Denver-Kansas City, to start the season. All right? This might have been with uh, the snake at quarterback. The other snake, not not Stabler, but Plummer. Plummer. You know, that guy. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's it, – yeah, Casey Denver fan hates one another. Period. End of discussion. But you both hate Oakland, or I should say Vegas. Yeah, I had a tough day yesterday. You didn't tell me. I'm sitting at home, and I'm like, 
Well, I love seeing the Raiders get blown out. That like brings a smile you just hate to watching me. Watching Kansas but City go. The nuts. fact that it was Kansas City doing it like brought me back down to earth. But I think what made it all right in the end was the fact that we got Scorigami in that game. So yeah. you're familiar with Scorigami, correct? Tell me. So Scorigami is there's these people on Twitter that go and look for uh, they have like an algorithm that goes and finds scores. In yesterday's game, uh, Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas. That's one in the swear jar. In Kansas City. That score had never happened before in NFL history, and that's called Scoregami. Oh, wow. So I believe yesterday's was the 1,071st unique score in NFL history. So we got Scoregami at the end of it. So <laughs> Good thing he missed the extra point. And what was so funny is this guy that was hammered, and, and he had kind of the braided beanie hat on. I'm, I'm sure he – I used to live in Omaha. I'm glad you're not there now. He uh, – I, I swear for, for a time he probably followed Fish, you know, the band. Mm-hmm. And – I mean, just he Junior was sick of him. Like, yeah, give me a five, bro. You know, in his ear. So every time uh, Vegas would get a first down, Carson would turn around to him and say, "We're coming back, first down." <laughs> <laughs> so you had these three freshmen in high school just continually pimping this hammered Chiefs fan. And he ended up leaving the section. Thank God. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to an hour two. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and we welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride with us a Monday with Charlie. Coach, how was the weekend? What do you know? Oh, the weather's beautiful, so I could go out and work, <laughs> rake leaves. <laughs> that's, so that's what I've been doing. Did it finally thaw out? All that winter storm went away? Yeah, they, I'll tell you what, it it was the last couple of days have been really nice. You know, they haven't been in the 30s, it's been in the 40s, and it's been good with no wind. Man. That's the big You're uh, You're right about the wind. Uh, we'll have uh, 55 today, I think, is where we hit. We'll have 72, Coach, on Wednesday. You're kidding. Boy, that sounds good. Well, 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 it's 70 with thunderstorms. Yeah, well, listen, we're not going to bitch and moan yeah, about 72 on, on December 15th. Elijah's like, wait a minute, there's going to be rain. It's, it's going oh, to work. So it is uh, recruiting season, uh, and uh, the early signing period is, is Wednesday, Coach. And I want to start off with just – that mindset you have to have, you and the, the staff had, 
this when it came down to it, when it came to closing for kids and and getting them in, and it's way different now. But I mean, you guys always did so well with uh, the recruiting process, the evaluation, and then the development once they got here. But was that something you had to get used to, or you always kind of loved the recruiting aspect well, of the job? When you go, when you go after, when you're getting close to maybe a kid, uh, maybe you think he might commit or something. A lot of times, uh, the, you know what, <clears throat> what kind of what I used to do is talk to the coach about a commitment. You know what what it means to us, and and I, I think I've said this several times that we have a we have numbers that we have at each position that we tried to recruit. You know, and most every year it was like five offensive linemen and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, and so we had a, we, we let the players know where they stood and how important it was because if you, if you commit and we're only taking maybe one tight end and, and, we, and you committed, you're the tight end, and then all of a sudden you, decide you decommit <laughs> then you then you're you've already given your scholarship away and now you're in trouble and so the thing is we made it really serious mm-hmm. and we want to know where the coaches stood on it where the parents stood on it and <clears throat> kind of put it in a in a in a way that um you know that it it's a it's a real commitment it can't be it can't be uh you can't Actually, some of the parents didn't let their kids talk to anybody when the phone rang, and uh, you know, and the and the coaches said they're not letting anybody talk to them at the school because they're already committed, and so it was a little bit more meaningful. Um, I think nowadays you find out a kid goes and he visits and he gets real fired up, and he commits, and, and about two days later he decides I don't know if I should have done that and this and that and. So I think it's a it's a family thing in some ways. I think that uh, you know that they have to be. Uh, I think your your parent or your parents have to be behind you um, when you make it, and they have to stand up for the commitment as well as the player. And I think if you explain all that to them, a lot of you're going to lose one once in a while, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I uh, I lost one tonight, just like tonight, and they signed tomorrow. I lost them tonight mm-hmm. <clears throat> because Michigan brought sent all the guys from Detroit over to see him. About fifteen kids, I think there was twelve or fifteen players went down there and just put the pressure to him. And he called me and told me you know, in the morning that he was going to you know, sign with Michigan. And I, I, I didn't, I, I felt like, well, you know, that's okay. You know, I mean, I, I can't do anything about it, but, you know, as long as he signed with an in-state team, I felt good. If he had gone to Notre Dame or something else, I would have felt a little bad worse about it. But it was his decision. And then about two weeks later, Two weeks after he got into school, he called me, wanted to transfer. <laughs> I told him, no way, you're not going to do that. And this kid now is, well, he was an All-American linebacker at Michigan, and then he went on. He's now uh, the linebacker coach for the Buccaneers. His name's Larry Foote. And, and you know, he, he's a kid that I've kept in touch with. Mm-hmm. I think Debbie and I went to see him play his last year. He played, and... Um, 
you know, we, you know, we, we were, we, we were friends, I mean, and mm-hmm. things like that. <clears throat> so a lot of times you don't get that close to players, but when you have that whole time that all the way to February, mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets a little, it gets a little easier to talk to them. I mean, you know, so right now, you, you know, the way they're doing it now, I think, I think it's somewhat, they take it as a, Oh, a commitment's okay, but if I feel like going, they take visits. Now, now if we, if if we, if at our time when they committed, then they became uncommitted. If they went on another visit, that that was cold. It, that was already told to them, you know. So if you want to take other visits, don't commit. And um, you know, and if they they wanted to come here and they want to be the one player, say at the tight end, or the one of the five that were offensive linemen, or three or so defensive linemen, then you know, then that's that they know where the numbers are, and I think that's important. John. And I think it puts a little pressure on them because once they commit, that means that we're if we're filled up with three, that means. We could have gone on and got gave other some kids not going to get a scholarship because that wanted to come maybe, and that you know it caused it causes a little bit of problem in there. So we made it pretty serious. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie. That's fascinating. I had not heard that as far as the how you guys went about it and just the well the 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 maturity required uh, for from you guys to the kid if he was gonna commit how how serious it was yeah go ahead i was gonna say when it comes to this portal what's your feelings on on the portal coach because nebraska seems Uh to be shopping for a quarterback i i have trouble thinking that the kids that we have aren't good enough but you know i i don't know i'm not there but Mm -hmm. apparently uh, if if I was one of them, I'd be seriously thinking about the portal. If that's if they were outwardly going out and recruiting another quarterback, here I am, a freshman. I got three years and four years left, and you know, if a senior comes in here, what they're telling them, I mean, he's going to start. I mean, and if he doesn't, then you got a problem maybe on your team. I don't know how that. that I, I'm not experienced with that, and I I don't think that we would want to get involved really with it unless it was, you know, we needed a player at a position, you know, one position and that wouldn't, and the, if we brought in that player, it wouldn't hurt anything. It wouldn't cause any problems or anything like that. I think now, nowadays, you know, when you do that, then they feel like I can do that. I can leave if you want, you know, if you can do this, I can do that. Well, I, I always thought in, in high school, the kids in those days, at least, the commitment meant something. And if they did decommit, which I don't know, I probably had some, I don't remember any of them decommitting, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's a fact that if they did, you know a little bit about his personality. You know that he's, you know, a guy that'll quit on you. <laughs> There's no, and, and I'll tell you what, in a bunch of cases, as you know, uh, the receiver that we had from Minnesota went down to TCU, and he he quit this year. 
you know, there. And he he has he didn't I guess play at all. So, you know, he had a pretty rough. He, he had broken records at Nebraska, done everything he'd he'd want to do, and then turned around and went home. And he had some problems, but they could have been taken care of pretty easily. And um, but that's what happens. A lot of guys you never hear from them again. Well, Coach, the way I see the transfer portal, especially here at the quarterback position, is that it's always a good thing to be bringing in more competition for the guys you have on, on your roster. But is it more nuanced than that, in your opinion? Well, the competition is always good. I mean, but it, it, it the thing that happens is a kid that's a senior or using his one year of eligibility is pretty serious about playing. I mean, you, you know, he's not he doesn't want to just transfer his school to go to school. You know, and and so there's a little bit of difference if unless a kid has maybe two or three years left, that makes a that that makes a difference. Then, you know, then it's every everything goes up. You know, you can then they have real competition. I just worry about what what's being said to uh, a player that is, you know, they're recruiting um, that is got one year left. Um, he doesn't get to know the players like that you'd like him to know. The team sometimes loses a little continuity, and you know, here you got receivers that haven't had this this quarterback before. You've got, you know, there's a lot of different things that can happen, and some of them good, some of them bad. Now, you know, you have uh quarterbacks playing in the NFL that that did that. And the quarterback at Seattle, he was he went to Wisconsin from one of the Carolinas, I think it was. Turned in to be a great player. Now there's an example of one that did transfer and do it. Um and that was that was um, I, I think that was the start of this whole thing is the vision that people saw that being transferred as that last year and this and that so forth and I think some of it had to do with his major too I'm not sure but you hear that a little bit Coach uh, a thought on the offensive line higher uh, I know you smile when you hear the, the Riola name but uh, Donovan's going to be uh, coaching that uh, that big red offensive line what do you know or remember about Donovan I know he was at Wisconsin but I know you have contacts at Wisconsin as well and what's going to be key for him once he gets with this group? What, what's he going to need to do and ask the kids to do? I, I think the one thing he's going to need to do is, is talk with the weight, the weight coaches and decide what things he wants to be sure they're good at. And, uh, you know, if it's feed, if it's flexibility or a lot of those things that a kid doesn't have, a, uh, you know, especially the big kids say, you know they 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 have trouble a lot of times with flexibility and things like that, and you know that's a that's a big thing and and it's it's harder for a big tall tall guy to really run block. I mean it's he has to really get down and do it. Um, but uh, again, for as far as pass blocking and things like that, you know they're good. That's not saying the whole NFL's full of six 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 seven guys. <laughs> I mean. You know, and they can they can do it, but at least they're playing against guys of the same size on the other side of the ball, so it doesn't feel like you know you're you're not you don't have to get down. I know we played times with 
short guys and they're really tough on tough on people to block and it would be a you know a real short guy and, and nobody really believed it till they tried it and um so there's there's so many things that he has to do he has to evaluate each player on film go through it and and pick out the things that that don't they don't do well and and then start from there and then again in the off-season program he's going to have to tailor what he wants to the weight room to the weight program and I know a lot of coaches uh, you know uh, I mean I've heard comments that we were still on the Boyd Epley program and there may have been some changes in the world since that even even with Boyd (laughs) you know so I think there's there's a lot of things you can do, and uh, you know, in the weight room uh, that have to do with flexibility. They have to do with stretching, and and I think you do it during the year. You do it at, after every practice. Uh, I think we did it in groups, you know, position groups. But uh, our kids did a good job at it. Really worked at it. After they ran, we'd run sprints, and then we'd then we'd stretch, and uh, it. It really kept us in good shape, and and it, especially after you had a day, you know, of hard work and everything, that stretching feels pretty good. Coach, real quick, about thirty seconds. Is coming from the pros back to college going to be difficult? No, no, it won't. He'll have a lot of little tricks too that'll, you know, be able to pass on. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's things, but that you know, it's all the same. It's it's a matter of repetition. It's a matter. You know, the game is still blocking and tackling. Mm-hmm. If you can't do either one of them, you can't win. And, you know, I think it's important that, that you know, that, uh, you know, each one of those guys really concentrate on the things that that they can't do and, and think about them in the, you know, while they're not practicing. Mm-hmm. Think about doing things, you know, you know, can talk about dreaming about doing good things and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think that's. That is a, a motivating factor. Coach, we'll talk next Monday. All right, enjoy the weather. Okay, we'll get them all signed up. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that. Coach, you take care. And then and then we'll have another signing date in February. What is it? The, the second February, the Wednesday in February. Yep. Is that what it is? We'll have, yeah, we'll okay. have two. <laughs> okay, good being with you. I'll talk to you next week. See you, Coach. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Working through a Monday, good stuff from Charlie McBride, Jay Moore, black shirt Husker NFLer. In about 15 minutes, we welcome in the good doctor, 
Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. And always uh, read his Monday column at Dr. PDHV on Twitter. Derek, what's up? Now, real quick, man. You and my kid are buying up all the Air Jordans in America. Uh, so Santa is going to have problems uh, delivering. Uh, you got these new gray Jordans. My, my kid got these new gray Jordans. And then yeah. he got another pair not the ones I texted you about, but he got another pair over the weekend because he has access to his mom's credit card because he tries to turn and flip them. So am I? Am hey, I? Just, am I late on these things? Those great Jordans were those the Elevens you got? Yeah, yeah. I took a break for a while because <laughs> it's been a good year for Jordans. Um, but I really like Elevens, and I've always wanted. A, I've always wanted Elevens. Um, and so I got, I got the Jubilees last year around Christmas time. And then I got the cool grades. I actually got early access to cool grades, which never happens. And then I'm just a big fan of Amon Manier, the, the company, okay. uh, what they stand for. So I've got both pairs of the, the, the collabs that they've done. So, okay. Yeah. Well. But now, but now I get to take a break for a while because I do not have mom's credit card. Um, <laughs> and wife gets mad at me. Well, <laughs> Junior may be moving with you <laughs> so we can get him away from my wife's credit card. But yeah, I don't. What are the ones that just released that that were an early release? The Elevens. Is there some other ones? You got a pair of threes, I think, that are real funky. Um. I mean, I think there was like a pair of camo threes that came yeah, out. Yeah, that's like that. that's that's weird. what he dirtied over the weekend. But uh, no, he tries to flip them like they're a home, and and then, you know, he thinks that all of it is profit. And we remind him that no, there's there's mom, you need to pay back. So sorry. yeah, you got you got to tell him to wear his shoes, man. Keep them and wear them. That's what we got to do. That's it, that'd be that'd be great, but no, you and Mac Brown uh, wearing the grays, baby. I love them; uh, those are yeah. cool. So there's a lot to get into with you. I wanted to go Air Jordan for two seconds. Explain to me <laughs> why Amy Williams and her crew are not ranked. Make Andy Markowski was with us last week, and he's like, if you're going off of net rankings and, and wins, Nebraska's probably like a two seat. If you were just to start play now, how are they not ranked? What are they? What, what more do they need to do? I mean, I, I was looking up real-time RPI last week when this discussion kind of started when they were 8-0, I think is what it was. Yeah. And their non-conference RPI, like the, the average for the opponents that they played was like something absurd, like in the 250s. Like it was really, really, really low. Um, their non-conference is super light. And I wrote this in my column last night. I was like, look, it doesn't – like the AP poll is meaningless in college basketball. And like with with the college football playoff ranking, the AP poll is pretty meaningless in college football too. It, it, it's not really anything that Amy Williams cares about. It's mm-hmm. not something that the team should care about. Um, they're 30th if you go based off of receiving votes, which is – probably about right. I mean, if they keep winning Big Ten games, it's not going to matter. They're going to be ranked, and all of this will be much ado about nothing. Um, they're fourth, I think, in the NET. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the, the the only thing that matters right now is that they have they, – they did what they needed to do in non-conference play, and they bought themselves a little bit of wiggle room for Big Ten play. When, when January gets here, they've got a two-game homestand against Michigan and Iowa. Then they go play Indiana on the road. Then they come – back and play Iowa again. Um, so, like, you know, you don't have to go 4-0 and 
over that stretch because of the way that they've started. You can go two and two or three and one. So like really, I, I think they still have some stuff to prove in terms of like how good the team actually is um, just because of the schedule that they've played. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been really, um, it's, it's an, it's enjoying to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't think, I don't think getting all work I, and Sorry, I'm not being super hot take. I just don't think getting worked up over the AP poll in week six when Big Ten play is like two games in is really something that, you know, is worth worth all the breath. Voice of Reason, Derek Peterson, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Well, I wanted your perspective on it. I know you've covered Coach Williams in the in the Husker women, and uh, that, that makes sense, the, the strength of schedule and RPI makes sense the net rankings um are are right there and and you the way you painted that with wiggle room and a tough big 10 is uh is comforting all right you checked in on mr whipple uh let's talk about uh nebraska and their offense and you know just kind of looking at at what his track record has been and his experience and we started the show kind of saying this, I think he's a pretty good chef, right? Is that fair to say, Derek, that whatever you have in the cupboard or in the freezer or in the fridge, uh, Whipple, where he's been, he's been pretty good at making a decent meal, i.e. the offense ends up being okay over time? Yeah, I think that's a really good metaphor to use. Um, and that's really the thing that Nebraska kind of needs, right? Like they, like we, you look at the the skill talent that they have. And, and most people would say that, that last year's team is probably the most talented team um, in terms of skill talent and it had the worst record. So really you need somebody that can come in and, and sort of make it work with what he's got available to him, who can come in and really kind of hammer the details and figure out how to, how to get better um, marginally. And then that'll lead to, that'll lead to the kind of games that you want to see. I mean, like the line that I had in my column and I, and I've talked about this with other Hale varsity folks before mm-hmm. is, um, you know, Nebraska's offense statistically, they averaged the same yards per play, almost identical yards per play last year's pit. The passing offense was more efficient. The run game was more efficient. And yet Nebraska averaged 28 points and pit averaged 43 at the end of the day, Whipple was able to just, figure out how to score touchdowns, which is which has been the problem. Is Nebraska just hasn't been able to figure out how to put the finishing touch on things. And so I think, you know, there's there's reason to be encouraged by, you know, what he's done at previous stops to, to and there's reason to think that, you know, he could come over and, and he could try to help maybe fix a couple things, tweak a couple things here or there, um, maybe set off a light bulb. You know, Frost has said he doesn't expect holes um, it's a curious thing to say, you know, to not expect the offense to change a ton when you hire a new coordinator and, and give up play calling duties. Um, so we'll kind of see how that works. But yeah, I mean, I think you know the way that you described Whipple is, is I think, spot on. Um, he's just been really good at figuring out what he has and, and making it work with what he has, which is what Nebraska hasn't been good at for the last three or four years, really. 
Derek, as we approach the offseason, we, we talked a little bit about this, I guess, as we enter the offseason. Uh, we, we talked a little back in hour one of just how Husker fans are like watching Husker volleyball and watching the women's basketball team and going, well, the women's uh, basketball team is showing incremental progress every single year. The volleyball team's always great, yet football and basketball can't get it done. So is there anything that the football team could learn and put into their, uh, I don't want to say their playbook, but put into their, their mentality this offseason from either the volleyball team or the women's basketball team? Um, basketball is just so much different in terms of roster construction. I mean, Jazz Shelley completely changes the team. Like, she's been awesome. Um, she's a big part of why they've been so successful. Now they've got really good talent. Amy's done a good job recruiting, and this is sort of a culmination of that. But, I mean, this the team that they have right now is 180 degrees different from the team that Amy expected to have sort of going into last season and all the transfer portal stuff happened and players were hurt and, and all that stuff. Um, it's not a, you know, it's not a perfect comparison, but like, man, every single person in the athletic department should be talking to John Cook and asking John Cook questions daily, picking his brain, figuring out. I mean, because he's, like, I, I thought about including this in my column, but I don't cover them, so I didn't want to, like, drop in. Like, I think that, Cook is he's one of those guys that is just sort of a generational coach right now. Um, and he just understands it, whatever it is. I think he could be super helpful. Um, and, and, and I think like him and Frost are, are close too. I think they, they were, you know, friendly when Frost showed up. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would have Cook around my team as often as possible uh, to try to figure out whatever he's got going on over there. Here's an extra zero, John. Please come, like, be your spend, special teams coordinator. <laughs> spend, <laughs> spend four days a week here. <laughs> Can you? Yeah, yeah. That's that's just it. You, you nailed it. He is generational. And it's really cool to see that mesh of freshmen and seniors and super seniors band together, have role acceptance, cheer for one another. And you kind of get it. You you grew up in Oklahoma. I grew up in, in Lincoln. There's just no love for Austin. Austin's fun to visit. It's a great party town. Wonderful folks. And then there's their sports teams, Derek. <laughs> yeah, they suck. Horns down forever. <laughs> yeah, horns down forever. You just can't get me to say a nice thing about Texas. No, I, it, you it, know, it, and it I, can't had, happen. I had family go there, and uh, that was a good time, bad football game. But, man, it was, you know, it's, it's just, it's funny that they're where they're at. Football, basketball, I know basketball was better last year, but then for them to get just whacked on their home floor like they did, that was really cool. Who boos in volleyball? Oh, yeah. Texas. Texas. Texas does. You would think you would think they would they would they would know how to lose a little bit better, given everything that's gone on the last couple of years. But oh, alas, they do not. Well, uh, listen, uh, good stuff. Amazing column again. Log on hailvarsity.com. Subscribe. Get the uh, print and digital holiday bundle. 
uh, at Dr. PDHV. Follow Derek on Twitter and the Varsity Club podcast that uh, drops every Friday. And subscribe to that Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. Dr. Petey, uh, have a good rest of your week, bud. We'll get caught up again. And thanks for uh, thanks for the time tonight. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me. See you, bud. There he is. Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey. Good stuff. Good column. And we will hear from uh, Blackshirt Jay Moore. Some thoughts on the NFL weekend from Jay. And an update on Donovan Riola. Because Jay and Donovan worked it well for the Nighthawks in Omaha. So, uh, teammate on a teammate, uh, we wind out a Monday with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. All-state, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Husker NFLer, and of course, co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up, Jay Moore, Blackshirt Jay with us. How's Daddy Daycare, man? You, you sound fired up. <laughs> well, nothing like uh, having uh, school closed, daycare closed, uh, when it's one of the nicest days of the month, and probably last good day we're going to have for till next spring, so that's a little infuriating, but hey, it is what it is. Duty calls, so... I'll suck it up and get it done. Mavs, uh, so so awesome and uh, is so opinionated. Uh, does he have some some takes on Husker basketball? Oh, he's up a few. Yeah, you have to get you have to get the uh, the bleep button now or the delay button, you know. So that's he was, that's about the only choice words you have for that uh, dumpster fire right now. It, it isn't good, uh, Jay. I want to turn your attention to. A teammate of yours, uh, Donovan Raiola. Both of you played for the Nighthawks. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, Don uh, a little bit. And it's been a while since the official hires have all come through. Now we've spent the last couple of weeks leading up to some of the names. Now we know a lot of the names. But uh, give us your take on on Raiola. And I know uh, you've had a chance to chat with him. He's he's got to be excited. How how jacked are you uh, with uh, where where Nebraska's O line can go under him? Yeah, well, I, I, when the official announced, you know, I kind of knew that it was him, but I didn't want to say anything until right. you know, they came out the official announcement. And then once that was made last week, I, I texted him. I said, I knew he always wanted to be a, you know, a, a Husker. <laughs> when we when we played, he, he, she sure, you know, let me have it about the, the beatings we got in Wisconsin. So, you know, I'm happy for him. He's he's rose uh, pretty high and you know, fairly quickly in the ranks of O line coaching. You know, we got into it pretty quickly after. Uh, retired from football, I think 2012. So, um, yeah, I'm happy for him. You know, obviously we know what his, his his older brother brought to this university, and then what he what he did in the NFL, and then obviously 
you know, do you think it increased your chances of getting his nephew here, who's mm-hmm. you know a hell of a quarterback down in Texas? So happy for him. You know, I, I think he's going to bring some more attitude, some intensity, some nastiness to this to this old line. You know, Don was you know he's not the biggest, he's not the tallest guy, he's not as big as Dominic uh, is. So he had to fight and, and claw and and learn you know really play with really good technique to make it. So I think he's going to get that across to his kids. I think the biggest thing this this group needs. He'll bring is just giving them attitude. They 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 just seem to not play with that that edge, that chip on the shoulder. You know, like I said, they've they've been a little too soft for my liking. You know, and I you don't have many. You know, I don't usually get along with too many old linemen, anyways, just in, with my past history. But uh, you know, they uh, they they need to kick it up in gear, another level to get this offense. And you know, now now Whipple's on board as well to get them going to where the thing needs to go to be competitive, not only in the in the Big Ten West, but just in the Big Ten as a whole. When, when you look at Riola coming from the NFL, do you think that's a, an easy transition? I know he's got to come pick up and, and learn a little bit of recruiting, even though he, he was at Notre Dame. But do you think that the transition coaching-wise will be all right going from an NFL team to a college team? Yeah, it should be fine. The biggest thing is, yeah, the biggest thing is recruiting, you know, and you just don't have, you just don't have your guys as much. You know, you have some, some uh, you know, time limits, some restrictions on, you know, how many, the total amount of hours that you're allowed to spend with your, your kids. You know, NFL, there really isn't that. There's a little more of that now, just the new CBA. But, I mean, you know, during the season, you know, you're, you're around them. You know, it's a, it's an 8-5, to five, you know. So you, you're around them a, a lot more. And, uh, you know, in college, you know, you know you're around by practice and in either pre-meetings or post-meetings. But, uh, you know, they got to take, take care of their classwork as well. So that's it'll be a little different. But, I mean, he knows it. I mean, he played college ball, and um, he knows he's getting into. It's just. It's just dealing with what you know he has here, and it's recruiting you know better kids uh, to perform in this in this offense, and maybe whatever this new look offense or the new offense or whatever it, you know the tweak offense that we're going to see uh, this upcoming year is, is going to look like. So I, it shouldn't be that big of a transition. I mean, you still have a center, two tackles, and two guards, and uh, you have a ball and a quarterback and a running back. So you know it's still eleven on eleven. Uh, so I, I think he'll do just fine. Few minutes here, Jay Moore with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, put yourself in a headset. I know you played a, a lot of years. Would you spend more time focused on the portal, or would you still go high school for a development standpoint? How would you attack that if it was up to you now when it comes to recruiting and putting a roster construction together? I believe Nebraska is going to have damn near fifty freshmen on this upcoming, you know, on the roster. You know, it's one of the smallest classes I think are ever they have taken. You know, in a, in a signing class as freshmen, just because you have so many, you know, freshmen. So looking at that, they got to get they got to get older. You got to hit this transfer portal. You got to hit it hard, I think. And you got to get you know you got to look at some immediate impact guys. You're going to need some old linemen. You're going to need uh, obviously you got to look at the quarterback position. You know, you're going to have to look uh, potentially at the wide receiver spot. You know, you just, I would look, the majority of it's probably going to be offense. They got to get older, and they got to get older in some key spots. So I would imagine if I was them, I'd be hitting that transfer part hard, and I, I believe they are. Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Blackshirt Husker, NFL, or co host, Big Red Wrap Up. Jay going to go to the NFL here in, in a tough one for Cincinnati and Zach Taylor. They came all the way back and 
lost in overtime to uh, to San Francisco. A lot of blowouts yesterday. And then you had uh, Tampa find magic when they had to after they took their foot off the gas pedal. I want to go to Jacksonville, though, and just get your take on, on Urban Meyer and what's going on down there. There seems to be so much smoke about him being one and done. Do you think that's a possibility, or has this just been an, an ultra-rough first year where Meyer will, actu- will actually adapt year by year, too? How do you gauge that situation? Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. You know, just doing Urban's history and and just some of the, some of the stuff he's done and pulled before, I mean, you, it always makes me wonder, like, how, how much of it is his camp kind of throwing some stuff out there as well? And you know, he, he, he dove into this, and he's like, man, this is a, this NFL thing. This isn't really for me. You know, I'll, I'll, I like my spot on, you know, Fox Saturday, you know, talking about football and, and whatnot, and, you know, doing some interviews on Big Ten Network and, and whatever. So, you know, or maybe he wants to get back into college. I don't know. It, it's hard. It's tough because, listen, I mean, <laughs> you don't have a ton of talent down there to work with, even though you got Trevor Lawrence, but there's not a whole lot of other talent to, to work with. And, the, the college mentality that is brought into the NFL about nine times out of ten, it, it doesn't work. You know, you look at, you know, you, you can just go down the list. I mean, I mean, Saban didn't work well in the NFL, and it's just a different, it's a different mindset that you kind of you take with. You're you're dealing with young high school kids or you know young men, and all of a sudden. You know, now you're dealing with some 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 grown ass dudes who you know are doing this for their career and their living and their livelihood. So you know the whole mentality you kind of have to give it to them, put the responsibility on them, but you can't treat them like college kids. And I don't I don't know if that's the case what Urban's dealing with, but it could be. You know, if that's that's the only thing he kind of knows, he's only coached in college for the majority. For, so I don't know if it's going to work out down there. It's just kind of the support and help he's going to get from you know the ownership there, and and who knows? I mean. You know, I don't know what they have for draft picks this year, and I don't. I mean, can't to be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of uh, Jacksonville Jaguar games. You and me either. You know, I think it's okay. I, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, it'd be interesting to see what what Urban's, you know, his whole focus is as well. Is, is, is uh, you know, his whole mindset is too right now in this whole thing. Because I know he's not very, you know, he's not he he wants to win, and you know, only having two wins right now, I, I'm sure he's he's not the happiest camper as well. Jay, we'll uh, get caught up again. Have a good week, and, and thanks for a few minutes, bud. Yep, you got it. Thanks. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Tommy Hill is in. The Nebraska's added the uh, portal DB 
and it's quite a video, Elijah. Two thumbs up or one thumb up for you with the uh, video production? Oh, the video production? I thought you were going to ask me about uh, Hill himself. Oh, the video production was very solid. I, I thought the, the music choice was uh, fitting for the type of video. Uh, uh, big big props to the videographers. It's crazy how much that the digital game now influences the recruiting world. Like all those, uh, it's really the poor interns sitting in the office. They got to work double time the month of December, just making all these graphics, making all these videos, sending them out to the kids. But you can see like a video like this could be, I don't want to say the deciding factor, but whenever you get one of those cool videos and you say, well, I can get more of this content during my time in college. Okay, let's, let's build my social media game up. It can be big. Well, he'll, uh, a kid from Orlando that ended up with Herm and Arizona State, uh, but no doubt past history with Coach Fisher. And uh, Nebraska has now gotten a four-star uh, portal in uh, Tommy Hill. Of course, uh, Tariq, last year the Ohio it's State Tariq transfer. Johnson, yeah. That's uh, Johnson's five-star. So you got guys that are in the pipeline here that need to get in and, and learn Nebraska's system, but that works out pretty well. Now, uh, Hill at six foot two oh five, total of just shy of ninety nine snaps in oh in twenty twenty one, nine tackles. So you've got to reload with uh, Markell gone, with Cam Taylor Britt gone, with Deontay Williams gone. But I like where Nebraska has been building on that back that back four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically with Newsom, I thought he played really good towards the end of the year. Yeah, how how good is Travis Fisher at bringing in the talent? I know he's he's lost some talent during his time here, but there's always been guys ready to step up, come in and play. Someone goes down with injury, and I've never been terrified. At least in the, uh, this past year, never been terrified of who's going to be coming in because you know he's just got talent in that room, and he's been developing the talent well. The, the defensive backrooms have been one of the uh, the shining stars. Been, of the they've been Frost the leader era. of the defense. Yeah, they've been they've been really doing well. And that's 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 full credit to what Coach Fisher's been doing in that in that back four. You're good enough to get in the room. Can you stay in the room? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, reminder about buckling up. Game preparation and repetition predict success and winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances. If a crash should happen, remember, always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, uh, pretty excited tomorrow. One of my favorite interviews ever uh, doing radio has been Bino Cook. Bino's passed away about 10 years ago. John Lucas is an author. He has done the book on Bino, and uh, he'll be joining us tomorrow. Coach Rick Kaczynski with us tomorrow. Mitch Sherman joins us tomorrow. You can win a gift card right now from Jet Splash. Caller what, Elijah? Let's go caller five. Caller five, a $25 gift card for you to Jet Splash. Right now with Hale Varsity and ESPN Lincoln. Caller five now, 466-3776, or 800-825-5865. Caller five, a $25 gift card for you to Jet Splash. Have a good uh, rest of your Monday. Monday Night Football coming up. A Huda Media Production.